Protectors of the Wood episode series. Episode number 38. The Unusual Group Debates a Plan. Professor Richardson paused to take a sip from a glass of wine and then continued to address the meeting. Okay, now here's some news. We've obtained it through the grapevine a summary of the trustees' response. They will point out that not only our college, but also our city and state are nowhere near ready to achieve 100% renewable energy. Therefore, they, the trustees, will not promise to withdraw all fossil fuel-related investments. They will say we are decades, 30 years at the minimum, from banishing fossil fuels from our economy. Therefore, they must continue to invest in enterprises that are currently essential to the welfare of our population, such as fossil fuel heat, transportation, electricity, fertilizer, plastic, and so on. We know that this argument is shared by many of the powers that be in our world and the business interests that the trustees represent are pushing this line of thinking and ignoring the perilous consequences of delay. Freddie Baez interrupted. Hey, hurry it along, Ricardo. We're from the news business. We're used to rushing. And in 20 minutes, we're supposed to be eating dinner, eh? I understand, Freddie. But tonight, I don't care if all the food is overcooked or stone cold. I've been waiting a long time for this day. Everyone will get a chance to save their peace. He took another swallow of wine. <sighs> Arguments with evidence make a difference. And the trustee's argument has a lot of backing. Yes, solar and wind can generate a lot of electricity. In maybe 10 years, we supporting policies like an escalating carbon tax and investments into solar and wind projects. Electricity could be just about 90% renewable, but as we know all too well, our state and nation and the whole globe do not have the political will to achieve anything drastic at the moment. And we don't have the batteries yet to store enough energy to get through the days with no wind and winters with little sun. Without the invention of better batteries, generators will need to continue using natural gas part of the time. We don't have the grid, the heating and cooking equipment, the cars and jet fuel and household appliances to move to 100% renewable, even with carbon tax and enormous subsidies. And for all those places off the grid, the situation is hopeless. Propane tanks populate the countryside like mushrooms. And worldwide, that adds up to an insurmountable problem, except for one thing, biogas. Ricardo looked around the room. That's what we need to discuss tonight. We know that all organic material can produce biogas, mostly methane. We know that the landfill organic material gives off methane into the atmosphere, where it becomes a greenhouse gas. We know landfilling organic material is expensive. 
We know that biogas is much more environmentally friendly than burning wood and related materials. We know waste organic material can be collected from a village or a city or even a farm. We know the production of biogas can be a local enterprise or a colossal industry. We know that fracking can be banned as soon as we have better batteries for electrical storage and biogas for furnaces and stoves. Millions of families already use it all over the world. And tonight, we need to talk about the little known fact that biogas is used by thousands of households right here in the Half Moon Valley. How did this happen? Given the political and business support for fossil fuels, why can't we study and discuss it? The participants looked at each other, but no one answered. Ricardo waited and then went on. We've discovered that one of our trustees, Herbert Irving, is alarmed that his Valley Fuels distribution network is losing customers. He's already investigating the production of biogas by our parks department. We know he will convince the governor and his allies to close down the operation unless they meet very strong resistance. We know that Rivergate is already 100% renewable and Half Moon maybe 50%. And Middletown is rapidly getting into the act. Why can't we argue that with intelligent biogas production, by intelligent, I mean refusing to grow crops for biofuels on land suitable for food crops, refusing to cut down forests, in other words, producing biogas only from waste, organic garbage, organic garbage, wood that is already being chipped by the parks department. Grasses grown on land with soil too poor for human food. Why can't we study, publicize, and argue for intelligent biogas production? He looked at his watch. Thank you for your patience. The ball is in your court. Sarah Williams spoke up. We've got a problem amongst the students. They're all fired up about Abby's interview, the mysteries surrounding Middletown, the gender and spiritual issues, but it seems that they don't understand biogas very well. It's not clean and pure like solar and wind. It burns and gives off carbon dioxide, just like fracked gas. They call it an excuse to keep pipelines. Ricardo smiled. Mm, tell them the squirrels and the dogs and the humans give off carbon dioxide. The trees that falls in the forest and turns into compost gives off carbon dioxide. Cow manure gives off carbon dioxide, but the fracked gas didn't have to give off its carbon dioxide. It's been safely underground for millions of years and could have stayed there if we didn't mine it and burn it. We're adding carbon to the life cycle, carbon that has been sequestered for eons. That's the problem. We should stick to our basic talking points. Keep it in the ground. Ban fossil fuels. And by the way, organic material that produces biogas has a desirable byproduct. Solid compost, pure and ready to use as fertilizer. 
it's far better to make biogas out of organic material than to burn it. It seems to me that you should get those professors in the first year earth science to do a better job. The facts seem self-evident to you, but not to most other people. Hmm, good point. Yes, a better education is essential, but that will take time, a year at the minimum. We need to act over the next couple of months. Freddie Baez leaned forward. Um, I'm sorry to say this, but I think you're all on the wrong track. Sure, improve education, explain the issues, argue your case. But we've got hot news here, very hot. That interview with Abby, it's gone around the world. The attention of the public is at a peak I've rarely seen. This wave of interest must be fed or it will break and disappear. News items are stories. What story should we tell? I ask you, Abby, what story would you recommend? She had been waiting for this moment. Her mind was well prepared, the words on the tip of her tongue. I agree. We have to move fast. This public attention you're talking about, it also includes the wrong kind of attention. It alerts our enemies, and they investigate and create their own story. That's natural. They're threatened. This Herbert Irving you mentioned, who runs Valley Fuels, he's losing money. Large parts of this whole system will lose wealth and power and strike back. And fossil fuels are a cultural as well as an economic problem. The self-esteem of part of our population seems to be married to fossil fuels. If we don't get our story out there in a powerful way, we'll be crushed. Professor Richardson looked at Abby in surprise and nodded. So you've noticed that too? Yes. Climate change denial is based on loyalty to a fossil fuel culture and is related to some very explosive issues. Ethnicity, race, heritage, some people's sense of personal identity. Freddie Baez gave a weary sigh. Yeah, you mean white nationalism, the white power movement, a deeply rooted demon. Amy Z spoke for the first time. It's true. This is a dangerous moment. A lot of the work we've done over many years, it's all up in the air now. Governor Palmer has approved my father's ideas because they save money. The Parks Department more than pays for itself. But now, the governor's big donors don't like what they see. We've been hiding in plain sight. But that era's over. We have to defend ourselves. My father could be fired. The biogas operation could be closed down, especially the part in Half Moon. The entire population of Rivergate could be driven out of their homes. We know what that means. The governor got a lot of pushback after the Sonny Walker interview, but I'm sure they haven't given up. So I agree with Abby. We have to defend ourselves. Amy was dressed like Sarah in a staff t-shirt and jeans. Abby was thinking, It's like they're in uniform. 
soldiers ready for their orders, eager to fight. Thanks for listening. Episode 39 is coming soon. To hear all the episodes, please visit www.protectorsofthewood.com. For Facebook and Instagram, please follow us at Protectors of the Wood Book Series. I saw the headlight and I know where to run. I was blinded by the headlight and I know where to run. Night, my truck was coming. Wide as Highway 61. I could see it in the distance. 10,000 wheels around the bend. Distance, ten thousand wheels round the bend. Locking out the moon and the sunlight. Don't know where it's gonna end. All night my truck is coming, biggest mountain rolling by. All night my truck is coming, biggest mountain rolling by. Hear the people cry Through the houses and the trees Avalanches moving Through the houses and the trees Lord, won't you help your children